Let us pray. Gracious God, send your Holy Spirit to dwell here among us, so that only your word may be spoken, and failing that, so that only your word may be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A rock. What is the purpose of a rock? What can you do with a stone? There's many things you can do with a stone. Big enough stone, big enough rock, it can be a good foundation for building a house. Jesus talks about building your house on stone, not on sand. That's the wise thing to do. What else can you use a rock for? It's a building material. So a lot of stone buildings, there's stone caves uh, in the area, but also people take rocks and they build buildings out of it. And sometimes they, they smooth out those and make really nice, solid uh, stones that fit well together. And there's that story of Jesus and the disciples there at the temple, and they're marveling at how grandiose, how large and impressive the stones are. And then Jesus says, if you tear these stones down in three days, I can raise them up. And so here we begin to see another element of rocks. Jesus doesn't talk about rocks just in kind of a literal sense. He uses them as a metaphor to talk about other things. So in this case, he isn't talking about the temple literally being torn down and raised up in three days. He's talking about his own body is the temple. And if you tear that down, it will be risen in three days, foreshadowing his own death and resurrection. There's also negative uses for a rock. It could be used as a weapon. Think about the stoning of St. Stephen. Um, St. Paul was involved in that one. And um, what else? You can think about the rocky soil in the parable of the sower. The kind of soil the seed can't really take good root in, so it can't grow in such a way to um, really produce a harvest to nourish the people. So both good and bad meanings um, of a rock. In our gospel last week and this week, Jesus again is talking about rocks and using rocks as a metaphor to help us understand something better. Last week, Jesus and the disciples were up in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And the disciples say, well, some people say that you're Elijah, Others say you're John the Baptist. Others still say that you are one of the prophets. And Jesus says, okay, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus is so impressed with this. There's not something he has told them yet. That's something people are talking about. How does he know this? Jesus says, it must have been given to you by God directly. This confession is so impressive. Jesus says, you, Peter, which means rock, you, Peter, are the rock on which I'm going to build my church. It's that good image of a rock as a strong foundation. And Peter, that word that means rock, is going to be a strong foundation. 
The story then continues on this week in what we just heard Nancy read to us in the Gospel reading today. And now Peter, the rock, as that good foundation, shifts to Peter, the rock, that is the stumbling stone, the stumbling block, the stumbling rock over which people are going to trip in their journey of faith. It's such a profound juxtaposition between these two rocky images that Jesus offers us. Peter as the foundation and Peter as the stumbling block. And yet Jesus says that both are true and so quickly. And this uh, kind of whiplash, this back and forth between Peter getting things right and getting things wrong doesn't end in this moment. This is the same Peter who now is Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling stone. That very same person then is going to be there very soon after this. As part of the inner circle up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And see that glorious moment. And Peter's going to be there at the inner circle uh, in Gethsemane. And he also still gets a lot of things wrong right here, right? When Jesus is uh, washing his feet. He gets it wrong. Jesus is going to wash your feet. And Peter says, no, you can't wash my feet. And Peter, Jesus says, yes, I'm going to wash your feet. That's how you get your salvation. And then Peter says, okay, then wash all of me. And Jesus says, no, you still don't get it. I'm going to wash your feet and just your feet. That's what we're going to do right now. And there's the same Peter who tells Jesus, I'm not going to deny you. When Jesus says, you're going to deny me. And Jesus says, oh, yes, you are three times before the cock crows, who just a few hours later does exactly that. This is the Peter who is going to abandon him in his hour of greatest need. So he has this back and forth, but Peter's there in a circle, and then he is denying Christ. He's there confessing that Jesus is the Son of the living God, something no one else has done, and yet he's also becoming uh, the stumbling block, Satan, get behind me. This great back and forth juxtaposition between getting things profoundly right and getting things profoundly wrong. And in this, we learn something critical about faith. Faith is not about always getting it right. Faith is not about being perfect. Faith is about trying. We're going to get things right and we're going to get things wrong. We try and get things right. And when we get things wrong, we try and make it right. Not in a sense that we think we're going to achieve a level of perfection, so the faith is defined by getting things right. But faith is that journey of trying to. And on that journey, Jesus is faithful 
to us. No matter how many times Peter gets it wrong, Jesus keeps coming back to him. Peter denied him three times there on the night when he died. And then there by the Sea of Galilee, weeks later, Peter is restored as he three times tells Jesus that he loves him. Jesus is faithful, keeps coming back to Peter, keeps giving him chances, keeps inviting him in because they're on this journey together. And we are on this journey together with Jesus. When we get things wrong and we get things right, trying to get things right and occasionally getting things wrong and then trying again. This is a great line in the baptismal covenant Will you persevere in resisting evil? So try not to do it. Try to do the right thing. And whenever you fall into sin, not if, but when, when you're over here as a stumbling block over which people are tripping, whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Try and come back. This is why we confess our sins every week. Because we don't think that being people of faith means we've gotten it all right. We know that we have screwed up along the way. And so we come back, we gather together, we think about it, and we say we're going to try again to get this right. And that cannot be an excuse for doing the wrong because then we're not being authentic to the confession and to the promise to try and do the right thing. And so, my friends in Christ, as we continue on this journey in faith together with Jesus, try and do the right thing. And when you fall short, try again. Peter is such a beautiful model for us in this. And a reminder to us that in the midst of all of that effort that we put in, Jesus is going to be there with us. Jesus is faithful to us. We talk a lot in the church about our faith in Jesus. But more important is Jesus' faith in us. He will be faithful to us on this journey. We just got to keep trying. Amen.